Hey everybody, welcome to the Street Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Oh man, we are, uh, I'm on fire today, folks. I'm just letting you know, we're going we're gonna to let you know right now that uh, I'm burning here for this one. So uh, sit back and relax, and we're going to talk about my man, the Apostle Paul, and uh, what it means to us in today's current uh, environment that we're living in. So, all right, um, the Apostle Paul, or uh, otherwise known early in the scripture as uh, Saul of Tarsus, a um, little bit of background of uh, old brother Paul here. Uh, you know, he was a Pharisee. It talks about he was a Pharisee, and we all remember um, the Pharisees in the Bible. Basically, you know, they are the antithesis of what Jesus is looking for, right? There are people that are so stuck in the law and trying to do uh, listen to the word written by man that they couldn't see the Messiah right in front of their face, right? So everything basically that you don't want to be is what Paul was, right? Uh, it even talks about um, that he was a, a witness and participant in the killing of Stephen, who was an early Christian, you know, st- um, stoned to death. Poor Stephen, even in his in his death, was uh, asking for forgiveness for those people that killed him, right? A really nasty thing that shows you exactly where um, Paul was at early in his life, right? And, um, we really get our first introduction to Paul and how he turns around his, um, life when, uh, he was actually on his way to hunt down Christians in Damascus. So he's on the road from, um, Jerusalem to Damascus and he got permission from the high priest to go. And basically he was going to, to hunt down Christians. That's what he was going to do to, to either kill them or bring them back for trial. Um, and while he was on his, on his way, uh, he actually saw a vision of Christ came to him, and it was so bright, uh, and it was Jesus basically asking him, you know, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And uh, he kept asking, you know, who who is this Lord? Who is this? And he told him it was Jesus. And it was so bright and so intense that it literally blinded Paul. And Paul was blind for, he had to get, it said he had to be led by hand to Damascus. Right. And after after sitting there for three days and three nights without drinking anything or eating anything um, there, a man showed up by the name of Ananias. I think that's how you say it. Ananias in Damascus, who was a Christian. And Ananias said he was sent by God to heal Paul. And he did. And he restored his sight, you know, and this pretty much instantly changed um, Paul. He had his, you know, encounter with Christ. He he was healed. He got baptized and uh, started pretty much instantly proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah at that point. Um, you know, it does say at that point that he spent three years in Arabia. You know, and we asked that question, why Why is that? You know, and then the answer, the answer for that is, um, you know, Paul needed to get a way to learn to be a disciple of Christ. He needed to learn how to pray and how to talk to people and how to evangelize. And he couldn't do that on his own. You know, um, the uh, original uh, disciples of Jesus, you know, they had three years with him to learn his ways. Paul took it upon himself to go out in the wilderness and and learn uh, in that same way, but through prayer and supplication, right? Um, so, Paul, you know, we're going to fast forward here a little through time to get to my point of, of the story here. You know, Paul wound up doing such amazing things, right? He traveled over 10,000 miles, you know, for 30 years of his life, establishing Christian communities all throughout the ancient world, you know? So 
that begs the question, you know, I mean, we're talking, Paul wrote 28% of the New Testament. Most of what we know in the New Testament comes from stories of either stuff that happened during his life or letters that he wrote to the early church communities teaching us how and what it's like to be a Christian. Uh, very, he could arguably be the most important person of the New Testament outside of Christ itself. Paul's a tremendous figure, right? So how did Paul become so special in his teachings, right? Well, his past had a lot to do with that. You know, um, the, the fact that people early early in the church knew, knew Paul as someone that was, would hunt people down and kill Christians, and now he's proclaiming Christ as the Messiah. There's a lot of weight to that. There's a lot of weight to, to him being so far gone from the Christian faith, and now he's the, one of the leaders of the Christian faith. It puts a lot of influence in his words, and that's something that you know, is important for us to focus on, right? And it also you know, reminds us all that it doesn't matter where we came from or what we've done or how far we've gone from Christ. If Jesus wants to use us, he can use us, and he can use us to be a powerful tool to help spread the gospel. So it's something we should all pay attention to, you know. Um, and then also something else that, that made his teaching so special is even though he wasn't one of the original disciples, so he did not walk with Jesus when Jesus was on this earth, but he still had seen Jesus in his vision, which um, makes him an eyewitness to to Jesus Christ himself, to the Messiah. That that adds a lot of pizzazz to what you're saying when you're out there preaching, right? So um, that it. He's special because he saw Jesus. So um, for that, let's skip ahead in the story, right? We talked about, you know, 30 years, 10,000 miles, establishing all of, you know, all sorts of Christian communities all over, you know, uh, in Greece and Asia Minor and in um, Corinth, which is in northern Africa, right? Paul's been all over. So let's go ahead and skip ahead to 67 AD, right? 67 AD. Rome, for those of you that don't know this, the emperor was Nero, right? And Paul's in prison. Um, those history buffs know that there was a great fire in 67 AD that burned up a lot of Rome. And Nero decided to blame it on the Christians at the time, early secular group that just um, took took the blame for this. And what And what happened for this? They became a hugely persecuted group of people. And what do I mean by persecution? So I don't mean like people wouldn't walk on the same sidewalk as you. I mean like uh, they had something called Nero's Circus where they would gather around and gather up Christians and take them to the Colosseum and they would feed them to wild animals. So like lions and bears and stuff like that. Uh, Horrible, horrible, gruesome deaths uh, just for the crowd's entertainment only because they believed in Jesus. They also had something called Christian Roman candles in which they would soak people in flammable liquid and tie them up on poles and light them on fire and leave their bodies burning till they, till they char crisp um, just because they were Christian. This is horrible times where you would be hunted down just for your faith. It, sickening some of, the, some of the thoughts of some of this. And where does Paul find himself? Blamed for the fires and in prison, Right. Not a good spot to be. Uh, why do I bring all that up, right? I mean, that sounds like just a broken, terrible, terrible place to be in, right? Well, um, you know, for a lot of people, we feel like this world's broken right now. There's no doubt about it. Now, 
as a as a Christian in America right now, am I worried about being fed to lions or um, lit lit on fire? No, absolutely. Um, and do I get judged for my faith? Absolutely. But regardless, let's talk about some of the reasons why our world now is broken. Not so much in Roman times. Let's talk about now, though. Did a little bit of research, and uh, in 2018, there was 1.2 million violent crimes in America. That year, 1.2 million. That's an insane number. The number of murders in 2018: 17,000 murders or negligent homicides. I did the math on that. It comes out to 46 per day. So 46 people a day murdered. In 2018, in 2018, there were 862,000 abortions in America alone. 862,000. I can't even. I tried to to think of a number that could equate to that for you for for people to understand, and I I couldn't even think of something that that matches it. Just 862,000 abortions. It <clears throat> it's insane. This world is broken. There's so much death and crime and sin, and it's become normal to us. It's it's become acceptable to us, and I don't understand that. All of this is happening under our noses, and some of us aren't even focused on that. We're not even focused on all these terrible things happening. We're too busy set up arguing over things that people have set up in power for us to argue over, like whether, you know, arguing over whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. How silly is that? In this world, how, I just I just read off 862,000 abortions. And we're supposed to worry if somebody's a Democrat or a Republican? I mean, that I don't even know what to say, other than we have to stop putting our faith in donkeys and elephants and we better start putting our faith in the lion and the lamb. Because if not, we're in, we're in big trouble, folks. Big trouble. And the only way back, the only way back is through Jesus. And I do feel that there is a revival coming in this country. And people are starting to open up their eyes and realize things that are, are happening. And things that we need to do and are turning back to Christ. And that's an amazing thing. And I'm hoping to support that and roll with that. So on and so forth. But we have to stop the divisiveness between each other. Yes, I know. Democrats run on a platform that says that abortion should be legal up until birth. And Republicans call that murder. But guess what? There are plenty of things that Democrats want to do when it comes to taking care of the the poor and the sick. Everything that Republicans think is a big waste of money. They're both wrong, folks. They're both wrong. If you have your eyes... If you if you have if you think one of those two parties by themselves is the right answer, you have made them an idol, and that is a sin in and of itself. And you should pray, and work on that, and look and know that the answer is in Jesus, not in those political parties. I can assure you of that. So why why am I bringing all this up? Right, you're like, how did you go from Paul, Rome, crappy world to our broken world now? Right, I bring it up because we need to figure out how to fix it. Right? How do we fix it? Well, the answer is not more hate. You don't beat hate with hate. You beat hate with love. Right? And God taught us to love, love each other as ourselves. 
right? And to love our God with all our heart. If we do those things, we can fix all this stuff. If every decision we make is made with those things in mind, love our, love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we use that in every decision we make, this world will be such a better place. So how can Paul help us with that, right? How was he so special in what he did? He changed the ancient world. Changed the ancient world, right? How did he do that? Well, he he did it because he glorified God, right? And how do we do that? How do we glorify God, right? Well, we can do it through our worship and stuff, right? That's that's very true, but we can glorify God through our through our actions, right? Um, through everything that we do, you know. And we also talked about the fact that he saw. Um, So he, we talked about his change, right? That he was, that he was a Pharisee, he was bad. And then we moved on to, you know, he, he changed as a person. Well, that, that showed the glory of God and we in and ourselves can do the same thing by ourselves because all of us are broken. All of us have sinned. All of us have have fallen short of the glory of God. We are a testimony. You know, I was just a, a silly drunken sailor who, like to party and have fun, booze and chase women and do all this stuff. And God hit me with the grace train. Bam. Changed my life. Stopped all of it. Took my retirement money and bought this podcast equipment. And now I'm preaching to the world. I am a testimony to someone who can change their life for the glory of God. Anyone can do it. I'm not special. I'm not special. God put something on my heart and I, and I decided to listen. God put stuff on a lot of our hearts. There's a lot of us choose not to listen. You just have to, to open yourself up and be open to it and do that, right? So the, his change is a glor, glorification of God, and we can do the same thing. Also, you know, he saw, he saw Jesus, so he was an eyewitness to that. And, and I know people, there are some people out there that have visions and say they've seen God and all that stuff, but for the most, most of the time, most of us, we don't always get to see that. I don't wake up and see Jesus blinding me on a daily basis or anything through it, right? But how, do, how can we show people the love of God, right? Because God is love. That's, that's what we're taught, right? God is love. So we do that through how we love each other. Right, the best the best way to show people the love of Christ is to be an example of the love of Christ. We we learn that the more we dig into the Scripture and where we come, the more the Holy Spirit fills us up and we become more Christ-like. As we become more Christ-like, we get to show that love to everyone else, and that that is an imperative part to this process because as we become that example, we spread that love. That love spreads. These things start to change. We start to focus on what matters. You know. How can we do that? If you feel like you can't do that on your own, well, you know, there are a lot of very, very good um, Christian charities that are doing a lot of wonderful things in this world. There are things like um, Compassion International, um, Samaritan's Purse, uh, you know, Tim, Tim Tebow and the Tim Tebow Foundation is doing fantastic work with not only help with, uh, you know, special needs kids, but also with the, the they've taken on the role of uh, going after uh, sex trafficking in the world, which, you know, for, for a lot of people that don't know, is just a, a tragedy and something that is, you know, throughout the world in such numbers that it almost seems like it's something that's impossible to task. But, you know, we learned that all things are possible through Christ Jesus, and Tim Tebow has taken the lead with this. And I know that God's going to do great things through that young man. 
And, uh, you know, we can help with that, right? We can get involved in these charities. We can donate our time, our treasure, our talents, and really, you know, help change the world um, from the inside out. And that in and of itself is an example to so many people of, of Jesus that it's, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit is in us and we become more Christ-like and we continue to do these things, you are showing people Jesus firsthand. And that example will draw people. It will draw people because people want that. They see the joy in people's lives. They see the peace. And they and they see that and they want it and they feed it and they need it. And it's an amazing thing. Um, the only other thing I can say for, for people that have been through heartache and pain and suffering, you know, even if it's at the sake of your faith, uh, I will I will tell you this. The end is worth it all. We know that through Christ Jesus that we are we are going to be okay. Those who are persecuted and suffered are at the front of the line. Front of the line for heaven, folks. Uh, it's in the scripture. It's easy to know. So you can have faith in that. You can have faith knowing that no matter how rough the road gets at the end of it, waiting for you with a smile and arms wide open is Jesus Christ himself. And that in and of itself is enough to bring joy to myself. And even though none of us pray for persecution, none of us pray for pain, and this world has fallen, folks. We talked about it. It's fallen. And expect as a, as a believer that you will be persecuted. It will happen in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not as bad as, as Nero and the Romans, but it will happen. And when it does, you take peace in the fact, knowing that those who are persecuted in the name of Christ will be glorified in heaven. We can do all things through Christ. We just have to keep ourselves focused. We have to stay, stay ready and willing to do what it takes to, to glorify God in all that we do. And I promise you that if you're hurting and if you're suffering, you pray, you will get through it. We will get through it together you reach out to the podcast, you'd be amazed what we can do. We've been getting a lot of messages from people. We've been been praying, setting up pray teams. We've been healing. We've been doing a lot of amazing work here. So, folks, so please continue to reach out to us. That being said, I hope all of you can be a shining example of what Christ can do for this world and let us all have a little bit of Paul in us as we continue to do the work that God needs us to do. Send this bad boy in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time that we've had today, Lord. Thank you for the people that are listening to this podcast, Lord. Thank you for the people that continue to share our message and spread our word. Lord, thank you for those who have got a chance to listen and are touched by this message, Lord. I pray that I pray that you open their eyes of their heart, Lord, so that they can see, receive your message and see all the love and glory that you bring to this world, Lord. I pray that we continue to have the strength to do what you need us to do and fight through the times that need to be fought so that we can end our race with a glorious hallelujah, Lord, and that we do all these things, Lord. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen.